The story of our Mishnah starts the same way as the previous Mishnah. That is that after a woman's marriage ended, she got remarried after two months. And then seven months later, she had a son. So the son has the status of Suffolk, in that we don't know who his father is. Perhaps this was a full-term pregnancy of nine months and he's from the first husband. Perhaps the pregnancy lasts for seven months and he was fathered by the second husband. Ramesha says, let's say Haya Echid Yisrael Vechid Kohen. Say one of the husbands is Yisrael, the other is a Kohen. Which means, of course, that this a Suffolk child might be a Kohen or might not be a Kohen. The rules that apply to this person really are identical to the rules that we discussed in Mishnah Hay, where there was a Taruva, so babies got mixed up. One of them is a Kohen, the other is not a Kohen. The Mishnah there stated that no of Chumre Kohanim Vachumre Yisraelim. We have to apply the stringencies of the Kohanim and the Yisraelim, and of being not a Kohen, to, in the case there, both of these people. So that same principle applies to this Suffolk child who may or may not be a Kohen. And thus, just as we learned in Mishnah Hay, Allah here as well is that, first of all, no si'isharui the Kohen. This man can only marry a woman who a Kohen is allowed to marry, so he can't marry, for example, a divorcee. This may be as a Kohen. nor may he allow himself to come tame from a mace, unless it's for a close relative, because again, maybe he's a Kohen. However, in the event that he did contract Tumah from a mace, he wouldn't be given a punishment of lashes, but we do not meet out that punishment in a case where it's maybe this person committed transgression. Because he's not a Kohen, so we don't know he committed transgression, so he wouldn't actually get Malchus. Furthermore, since he might not be a Kohen, he is not allowed to partake of Truma, for Truma is ritually forbidden to a non-Kohen, Thus, we apply the rule of Suffolk, the Arais of the Chumrah. If there's a doubt, maybe a biblical prohibition applies, one has to be stringent. At the same time, this person went ahead and inadvertently ate some truma. He would not be given the financial penalty that he has to pay back the principal plus an additional Chumrah surcharge on grounds that he might not be a coin, because maybe he is a coin, in which case. He did not become subject to any financial penalty. In addition, since this man is not allowed to partake of truma, he can't come to the threshing floor and demand a portion of truma, because maybe he's not a coin who isn't entitled to any truma. Yet, as regards the truma of his own crops, he does have to designate that to deal with the ritual issue of tevel, can't just leave it untied. But once he does designate a truma portion in his crops, he can use that for himself. He can't eat it, because that's a ritual issue. But he could sell it to a definite Kohen and keep the money. For even though he may not be a Kohen, and therefore, in that case, he wouldn't be entitled to keep the truma, he would owe it to a definite Kohen. But this already is a monetary question, where we apply the rule of Hamotzi Mechavei Lavaraya. He says, you want to take away my money? You have the burn of proof to prove that I'm not a Kohen. Until then, I'm allowed to keep this truma. So the point is that if it's an ownership thing, a financial question, then he will win that fight based on the principle of a motzi mechaver or lavaraya. Now as far as the karbanos in the base of Migdash, Migdash, he does not receive a portion of those because maybe he's not a Kohen. Nor do we give him the opportunity to bring the karbanos in the base of Megdash, for maybe he's not a Kohen. At the same time, and if it's a monetary issue of, hey, you owe that carbon to a definite Kohen, 
he wins that fight, now he could keep that carbon, let's say carbon bachar, for himself. In addition, this Suffolk person who may or may not be a Kohen is exempt from having to hand over the matnas kahuna portions, the four leg jaws and stomach that Israel has to give from a, an animal he shechs, regular animal, non carbon animal. That ultimately is a financial claim that a Kohen has on Israel. So this person, this Suffolk, can say, well, maybe I'm a Kohen. So you have the burden of proof to prove I'm not. If you can't prove that, I get to keep it. Now, we mentioned that this Suffolk person can keep his carbon bachar, firstborn male of his livestock. But since he may not be a Kohen, he can't have the animal actually offered in the base of Migdash and then receive the meat, because only a Kohen is allowed to eat meat of an actual bachar carbon that was brought in the base of Migdash. Rather, bachar o is taif. What he does with his bachar animal is he allows it to graze until it develops a blemish, disqualifying it from the Mizbeach, and at that point, the sanctity is largely removed, at least to the extent that even if he's not a Kohen, it's not an issue, he's allowed to slaughter and eat it in his house. In some, and just like we had a Mishnah, we apply to this person the stringencies of the Kohanim and of the Israelim. The Mishnah now discusses, in the event that Kohanim, say both of these two men, either of which may be his father, are Kohanim. And so there's no question that this child is a Kohen. He just doesn't know which of these two men his father is. The following rules apply in such a case. The Suffolk child, since he's definitely a Kohen, he can serve in the base of Mignesh, bring Karbonos. In the event that either of these men, who might be his father, dies, who own Aleim, he would have to observe the laws of Aninus. That is, he would not be allowed to bring a carbon or eat meat of a carbon on the day that... This man who might have been his father died. Likewise, Vehaim Onanim Malav. If the Suffolk child himself passed away, then both men, either of which might be his father, would have to observe their Aninus restriction and refrain from Karbanos on the day of his death. And because for each of these men it might be biblically forbidden to partake in Karbanos, so out of doubt they both have to be stringent. Furthermore, who Eino Metamalahem, the Suffolk child, cannot allow himself to become Tommy to participate in the burial of either of these men. For though the halacha is the Kohen does make himself Tommy to participate in the burial for the funeral of one of his close relatives, such as a parent, of course the problem here is that he doesn't know either of these men is his parent. And once again, the same in the reverse, Vehem Enon, Metam and Lo, if the Suffolk child died, neither of these men who are Kohanim would be permitted to make themselves Tame, to participate in this child's funeral. The Mishnah states further, Hu Eino Yorisho son. The Suffolk child does not receive an inheritance from either of these men, even though we know one of them is his father. But the issue is, when he tries to claim a portion of the inheritance of either one of them, the other heirs say, prove that you're, let's say, our brothers, his other sons, are definitely sons of the man who died. They say to this Suffolk, prove that you're actually our brother. Then you'll get a portion. Until then, a mechavel of Araya, so he doesn't get any portion. Avalheim Yarshin also. But these men, one of whom we know is his father, do inherit him, the Suffolk child, meaning that you're assuming that the Suffolk child didn't have children himself, so that the next in line for inheritance is the father. Well then, being that we know, you know one of these two men is the father, we 
take the inheritance and split it between them. The mission rules further, In the event that the Suffolk child struck either of these men and drew blood, or cursed either of these men with the name of Hashem, he would not be given the death penalty, which does normally apply to a child who does one of these things to his parent. But we don't know if he actually committed that transgression. We don't know if this person is his parent. Though, according to Lisa, one opinion, if the Savic child would curse or strike both these men at the same time, or both at once, then he would be given the death penalty. So then it would be a clear cut. They're able to warn him, don't do this. Don't hit both these men. If you do that, it's a capital offense. And if he ignores that warning and does commit the deed to both of them, then you could argue that he would receive the death penalty in that case. The mission states further that the Suffolk child, who we know is a Kohen, has the right to perform the Avoda in the Mishmar group of both of these men, one of whom is his father. And regarding this matter, neither could push him away and say, you can't serve with us today in the base of Migdash, because maybe you really belong to the Mishmar of the other man. I mean, that man is really your father. Because they can't use that argument to push this person away from a mitzvah. We know he's a Kohen. We know he's eligible to perform the Avodah. So now if it's a matter of, you know, can he serve this time? Neither group can say, oh, maybe you're part of the other group. You can't make that argument to push him away from doing a mitzvah. However, he's not entitled to receive a portion of the meat of the Karbanos of that week or the hides from the Karbanos. Because regarding that issue the members of that Mishmar can successfully argue that if you want to start to taking a portion from our Karbanos, you have to prove that you are actually a member of this Mishmar group. Maybe you're supposed to take a portion from the other group, the group of the other man who might be your father. However, if both of the men, this pair of men, one of whom is this man's father, are members of the same Mishmar group, well then, he certainly then would receive sacrificial portion. In this case, we know he is a member of this group.